thanks for the adventure. Now go and have a new one. We've heard all sorts of different voices this morning, quite intentionally. The joy of finding love in later life, but also the struggles that that comes with. What do you do with two whole lives and how do you squeeze them into one? The pain of losing someone that you've travelled with for a lifetime. The delight and tenderness of sexual union. The pain of losing a child. And being human, being people that have emotions, means that we have all of the joy and all of the pain of being alive. The pain is sometimes that a relationship doesn't work as we'd hoped, as we'd worked for. And that rather than being lifelong, people go their separate ways and it's really tough. You know, the job of the Christian community at that point is to keep on loving, to keep on looking after and holding all of those involved. Or maybe the pain of seeing all all your friends walk down the aisle but it hasn't happened to you yet or maybe you just don't want to and anything else anyone says especially vicars from the front will always be the wrong set of words the joy as a dad of seeing my daughter come home with a boy who might be suitable But he hasn't filled in the right paperwork that requires both great-grandparents to be present. The thing about being alive is that it's messy. Have you ever, have you ever seen a little child eating yogurt? You know, they're they're strapped into the high chair so they can't get away. They can just about use the spoon and they kind of just about know where the yoghurt pot is. And it goes on the spoon and it goes sort of on the ear, sometimes in the mouth, sometimes on the hair. And before you know it, there's a kind of, there's an explosion of yoghurt everywhere. Yeah, some of you know what that's like. Being alive is like that. It gets messy. And when it gets messy, it's difficult to get close because however much you love that child, you want to wipe them down before you give them a hug. <laughs> Life's like that. It's full of joy and pain and mess and love and tears. And we don't quite know when we get round the next corner which one we're going to find. 
But I hope and I pray that you hear one thing this morning. That whatever you're going through, whether it's the high or the low, whether you're falling in love or life is tearing you apart, that God the Father wants to walk with you in that every step of the way. This is God the Father who's come in person, the person of Jesus Christ. Walked the earth as a human being, used his hands to make things, and then had his arms stretched out on a cross to die in our place, to pay for all of the mess of the whole of humanity. There's this passage that is uh, read at weddings. It's often requested, and if you do request it and you're getting, and I'm taking the, the wedding, I'll make you read the verse uh, the before the chapter. This is one Corinthians thirteen, because the verse before uh, is the best line in the Bible. The verse before the chapter is. I will now show you the most excellent way. It's a great line. I mean, it's obviously not the best line. But the passage in the Bible that, that people want at reading, that read at weddings goes like this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails, except it's not true We know it does. But it's not really about human love. It's about God's love for us and He drags us, invites us, draws us into His presence in the hope that we can live something like Him. But we often mess it up. What I do with the couples when they're kind of seated here having, you know, been through the wedding and before we've signed the certificate, is that ver- those verses get read and then I swap out the word love for the name of the bride. And I read it again. Jane is patient. Jane is, you know, it's not, you don't get very far through before the groom kind of goes, <laughs> yeah, right. But then, it's the groom's turn, and the bride's like, yeah, Nathan, or what, you know, whatever the groom, Nathan is patient. Nathan is not easily angered. Nathan keeps no record of wrongs. You know, it is a great pattern for marriage but we're people and we mess it up but God is faithful and gracious and loving 
And you know what he does? He invites you right in. He invites you, whether you've been following him for decades or whether you haven't quite got there yet. He invites you in. He invites you into his presence where he's paid for everything that you've ever done wrong on the cross. He's got his holy dishcloth out. He's cleaned the whole lot up. It's done. The issue is not about that stuff anymore. The issue is, will you let him in? Will you let him scoop you up and share life with you every step of the way? And he wants to go that way with you whether you're in the best of times, whether your shares have come in and you bid the right way on Bitcoin. Yeah, don't touch it. (laughs) Or whether the relationship's falling apart. Or whether you've had that letter from the doctor that you didn't want. Or whether you're just hoping that one day there might be the right man or woman for you who's actually going to treat you well. You know, God the Father wants to walk through all of that with you. You know, churches are not a place where we put on a holy smile and say everything's fine. That's not what this is about. It's not a place for a holy huddle where all the great and mighty Christians gather because we are so holy and blessed and awesome. I mean, it's true. But actually the point is that we're here because He is here for everyone that doesn't yet know him and everyone that's trying to follow and has failed and everyone that's followed and got it right because he loves us.